Hey, and welcome to Cedar Cross Country Church. I hope this message reaches you well and affects you in a positive and wonderful manner. Thank you for finding us, and if you can, please come worship with us Sundays at 10 a.m. Hope you enjoy the sermon. All right, let's get into the Word of the Lord. You ready? We're in a series called Love Is, and this is part two of that series. Yesterday, last Sunday, we began that, and I didn't get very far at all. We're going to do a little quick review and then move forward. A couple things about uh, cute little things I want to say. Back in 1924, Calvin Coolidge was still the president of the United States, and a little boy, four-year-old boy named Jack Sundin was invited to go meet the president. It was a really big deal, and him and his dad were standing in this line waiting to meet President Coolidge. And the little boy noticed that as they would shake hands with the president, he would say something to each one of them, and he was intrigued with what the president might say to him. And so that awesome moment came where he stuck his little hand up there and put it into the hand of the president and he was looking up and was waiting to see what the president was going to say to him and the president said move along son (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny because when we come to God we put our little hand out he doesn't say that to us he doesn't say move along he says come on in And I'm encouraged by those of you who have took the challenge that I talked about last week in my message of inviting God to come and sit with you in the morning and talk to him. And I'm so blessed by those of you who keep texting me and go, I invited him and he's here. He's here. I'm telling you it'll work. I'm challenging you to do it. It's the best thing you've ever done. Amen. I just want to tell you that the love of God is the only thing that can fill the emptiness in your heart. I'm going to say that again. The love of God. The love of God is the only thing that can fill the emptiness of your heart. Because you can have a life full of things, material things, activities. You can have a life of busyness and still be so empty on the inside. But the love of God is the only thing that can fill that. We try to fill that void with so many other things. Let me give you an example. On Amazon, here's the numbers on lists of books. It's interesting. There are 2,600 book titles about heaven. There are 10,300 books about money. There are 16,700 about sex. There's 18,800 books about God. But there's over 30,000 book titles about love. Why is that? Because that's what we want more than anything else. I'm so glad to know that that's the only thing that God is. Is love. It is the deepest human need of all. We have several deep needs, but the need of love, for love and to give love, receive love and express love. There's nothing on a deeper level than that. And at the same time, 
how we express that love and receive that love is one of the most misunderstood, misconstrued things that we have in our life. And there's nothing grander in all of Scripture than the theme of God's love. Nothing. I'm just going to tell you that I've been doing this pastoring thing for over 40 years. And preaching and teaching on love is the most challenging, intimidating subject that I have to deal with. And you know why? Because God's love is so big, I can't hardly get my head around it. I mean, it's like trying to eat an elephant. Where do you start? You know? But sadly, most people's idea of God's love is reduced to some kind of a sentimental theology or some kind of permissiveness that God just loves us so anything goes. Again, that's such a misunderstanding and a misconstruing of what God's love really is. And so I'm taking this series to try to unpack, help us start getting a bite on that elephant of what God's love really is. Amen? Here's the big idea. God loves each one of us as if each one of us were the only one. Need to wrap your mind around that. Let that sink in for a minute. He loves each one of us as if there were only one of us. In other words, everything God did, he would do if there was only one human being. And that one human being was any one of you. I'm not getting many amens right now, but that's a big, big thought. It takes a big, big imagination. It takes big, big revelation to let that sink in, that God would do everything. I mean, starting with creation, coming right on down through all of time, sending Jesus, going through the cross, the resurrection, Sending the Holy Spirit, he would do all of that if there was just you on the earth. That's it. He would do it all. Why? That's how much God loves each one of us. I don't know what that does to you, but we were just singing that song a moment ago about awestruck wonder at the mention of your name, and I was thinking about this message, and I was thinking about how awestruck the idea that God would do all of this for me really is. And I just sit down and try to wrap my head around that, and I know I know Randy Free really pretty well, and then I remember he knows me better than I know myself, and he still would have done it. When that finally locks in, to your knower and your believer, I'm promising you it will change the way you have a relationship with God. Amen. Amen. First it'll do is take all the fear out of it. Some folks are just absolutely scared to death of God. They just are. They just have this. And you know what? I can can understand. We're afraid of things we don't understand and we're afraid of things we don't know about. 
So some of that is natural. And I want to help you lose that fear today. Anybody want to lay down some of your fear or all of your fear that may be left about how much God loves us and, and who he is and who his character and his nature really is? So we're going to begin today in 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to ease my way through here. Um, I don't want to go too fast, and yet there's a lot I would like to cover. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, I'm reading from the New King James Version, in case that's slightly different than yours. Verse 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another. Now, that is the foundational verse, premise, principle that our church is built on, which comes from St. John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. And it says, let us love one another as Christ has loved us. When the Lord sent Michelle and I here and Marissa almost five years ago, the Lord said, I want you to build this church on that verse, that we love each other. As, everybody say as. As Christ has loved us. So for five years now, we've been unpacking what does it look like when God loves us. And then we're learning to imitate that and duplicate that. And everybody say amen to the fact that the culture of love is taking root here in our church. It really is. John said, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And the first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is knowing God through love. Knowing God through love. Now, there's a powerful, powerful insight as to how all this works that's in this first verse. Everyone who loves is born of God. Everyone. Now, last week we spent most of our time from Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28, where it says God made us in his image and in his likeness, which means externally and internally we are like God. What that means is, is that God has selected you to be his image bearer. Each one of you are selected to reflect and carry and demonstrate the love of God, his character. You are an image bearer of who God is. Nobody's going to see God. They're going to see God through you. And in order for that to work, you had to be like him. Hello, watch. I'm sneaking up on you again. You're... Did you hear about the, this will wake you up. Did you hear about the guy who got up and he, and he didn't have any coffee to make coffee with, so he used Red Bull? And, and he said he, he'd run halfway to work before he realized he had left his car at the house. <laughs> I messed that up, but it's kind of funny anyway. 
So I'm sneaking up on you again. I'm coming to you with this truth that God has selected you to be his image bearer. And that could not happen unless he put his DNA, unless he stamped you. Remember my little saying about the cookie cutter and all that and being like him? Well, you've been cookie cuttered. When you got here, you was already stamped. His image was already on you. And that's the external part. We're also in his likeness. Image is external. Likeness is internal. That's where the DNA of God, who is love, has been deposited inside of you. You got here hardwired to be a lover and love like God. You don't have to learn it. You just have to release it. I can't go too fast here because I see the look on your face and it's like, gosh, I want to believe that. Yeah, but, no, yeah, buts are, no yeah, buts today. I'm, we're, it's just truth. It's just true. You are made in his image and in his likeness, created in his image and in his likeness, and therefore you're hardwired to be like him, to express his life. And And by the way, that's why you and I are still here. I fully believe this, that when a person is taken out of this world, it is because that person has witnessed to and connected to everybody that God had assigned to that person. Because he will never take you until your work is finished. It isn't about your age. It's about how many people you were supposed to reflect God to. And when that number's been hit, he's taken you home to your reward. Let me tell you, that's how much God trusts you. We talk about trusting God. Let's just turn that around for a minute. Let's talk about how much God trusts you. Each one of you, if you are the only one left, you're good enough. You are more than sufficient to represent God. Everybody go, wow. Wow. I know you won't say that anyway, so it's okay to say it. You don't have, you can say it, wow. So John says here, everyone who loves is born of God, there, there is a birth. Everybody say birth. Come on, everybody say birth. birth. Everyone who loves has been birthed by God. Y'all remember the story about the, the man named Nicodemus? It sounds like he was a bad guy, but he's really a good guy. He, he, he was a, a, a highfalutin Jewish lawyer. And he came to Jesus by night because he didn't want anybody else to know that he was coming to Jesus. And he said to him, man, the stuff you're pulling off is incredible. Couldn't possible. It could not be possible that the things you do except you were the son of God. And Jesus answered Nicodemus like this. And he said, don't marvel, but I'm going to tell you, except a man be born again. He cannot understand what you're trying to say to me. He can't see the kingdom of God, unless he is born again. Say that with me. Unless he is born again. So the I'm tying two things together. Created in his image and in his likeness, birthed by God. I want you to understand why this is possible. 
We'll get to the what and the how before this series is over. I've got to build a theological basis so that you can have faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. I've got to give you the Word of God that gives you the faith to believe, wow, God made me just like Him. Therefore, I can, and I'm still here because He needs me to touch the people that I'm connected to because He needs His expression of life and love and hope. He needs you to release it. It ain't the preacher's job to do that. I have my own sphere of influence. And I try to maximize it on a daily basis. And that's what each one of us should be doing. Who are you connected to that desperately needs to see God? Who are you connected to that's broken and needs healing? And you are the healer with the good news. It's you. Oh my gosh, we struggle with this. uh, I got a text this week from uh, a world-renowned cowboy. And he said, I need to talk to you. And I said, anytime, just call me. And I called a mutual friend. I said, hey, do you know what's going on? He said, yeah. I said, it's not good. And uh, I said, well, he's called and asked to speak to me. And the guy broke on the phone. He said, I'm so sorry. He said, two weeks ago, God spoke to me to call you to reach out to him. And I didn't listen. So my friend, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. He got a full load of what you're getting. I'm like, my friend. You cannot not do what God breathes on you to do. Here's a man that's been hurting for two weeks that may not have had to hurt for two weeks because God needed a reflection. He needed an image bearer to be active in the love of God. Now we have a brother who's hurting, and now it's two weeks worse. Are you with me? So these little whispers, these little things that come into your spirit, these little knowers, it just, look, the devil's not putting that in your head to pray for somebody. The devil's not putting that into your head to speak a loving word to that person that you don't know. That's not the devil, I promise. That's not coming from the pit of hell. That's coming from the heart of the Father, and he's looking for a son and a daughter who will be the image bearer. About to preach myself happy. About to preach myself encouraged. And this process, the reason you can do it is because you have been birthed by God. When you prayed that prayer and you invited Jesus Christ to come into your life and you were born again, all of this got released. Now, let me help you with something. You came here hardwired to do all this, but we're all born in sin. We didn't all get born in Sunday school, okay? We all got born in sin. And God sent Jesus, which we're going to learn in the text today, to put us back together with our Father so that all this DNA that was rolling around inside of you before you ever prayed the prayer, you were still the same person. It's just your connection was broken. 
the born againness is what happens when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and your spirit man is reborn. Not you. You're not going back in your mama's womb. That's where Nicodemus got hung up. He's like, I'm so big, I don't know how I could go back. And Jesus said, that's not what I'm talking about, dude. It's your spirit. It's that dead spiritual man that's going to come alive now and I'm going to put my spirit, that Holy Spirit's going to be inside of you. That's my spirit. And I put it there to release my reflection that you have. It's like a reflection. It's like a projection. Amen? Amen. And I just want you to understand, you don't just decide to do this. What I'm giving you is a revelation that you were born to do this. First of all. Secondly, you were born again to empower you to do this. Hello? How are we doing this morning? Y'all still breathing? Huh? Are you ready? Is it starting to sink in? That when you're in line at the grocery store and you're like, that little voice says, say hello. And you're like, that's so random. Flip Wilson said, I was in the store and the devil put a gun on me. <laughs> he said, buy that dress. <laughs> if this ain't Flip Wilson and we ain't buying a dress and ain't nobody pulling a gun on you, that's your Holy Spirit awakening because this person needs to see a reflection and an image of God. Because no man has ever seen God. We're fixing to read it. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it just fits so good I can't not do it. No man has seen God at any time, so the only God they're going to see is when you smile and say hello Amen. to a total stranger. What you don't know, it works like this. When a baby cries out in the night, it needs a bottle and a hot one. It needs a diaper and a clean one. And it needs it pretty quick or else the elevates. <laughs> And I don't read anywhere where it can be interpreted or spelled out. I need a bottle and a diaper, and I need it now, and I want it hot. <laughs> Mama said she knew it was time to wean me from the bottle when she handed me a cold bottle in the middle of the night, and I took a lick on it, and I handed it back to her, and I said, hot, Mama. <laughs> She's like, this boy needs to get off that bottle. He's already talking back, telling me how he wants this stuff. So my point is, when you say hello to someone, or how's your day going, that's in your ears like wah. But in the ears of a broken person who's been prepared by the Holy Spirit to have this encounter, that is, they hear, oh my God, here's somebody who cares about me, who noticed me, and they cared enough to even speak to me. That's what that means. The same way a baby going wah in the cradle, and you already know because you're hardwired. You Perfect. <laughs> Bottle, diaper, now. 
You pinched her, didn't you? <laughs> so we know what that means because mama's, oh, she wants to be rocked. Okay, well, we got that. I forgot that one. Wants to be rocked. Okay, so when you say good morning, how's your day going? They don't hear that. They hear the sound of God's voice walking through the garden of their life going, Adam, where are you? They hear the call of the Spirit of God calling to the dead spirit that's inside of them that's waiting to be born again. I'm talking to you about what love is. I'm talking about when we love people like God loves us, we won't shut up. And we won't allow the devil to steal God's thunder anymore because now we realize we were put here to express the love of God to a broken, hurting world that needs to be born again. Amen. There's nothing wrong with those people. They're just dead spiritually. Quit looking at the external. Look for the fingerprints of God. Hello? Hello? Quit looking at people. Start looking for fingerprints. I don't, I look at people, but I look way beyond the external. I'm looking, I'm nosing around. I'm looking for fingerprints of the master on their life. I don't care what their story is, how long or how short their hair is or what color it is or nothing. Else. I don't see none of that. I see plumb through all that. That's just completely unimportant. And I'm looking, is God's handprint there? I know it is. Why? Because they're made in his image. People on death row are made in the image and in the likeness of God. They just need to be born again. Amen. They are hardwired to love just like you are. Amen. Yes. Is this too hard to, to believe? Amen. Amen. If I don't say anything else, I've said enough today to be a full meal deal. I can already see that. Amen. That you just need to take this home and put it in your pipe and take a big long draw on the back porch and sit there and think about this, that I am hardwired. I am made in the image and in the likeness of God. And when I prayed that prayer and I invited Jesus into my life, I was born again. Now to life, his Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And that glow on my face is not about my makeup. That's about my God. That's about my creator coming out in me. And when I extend a kind word to someone, you know, Pastor Larry came here and taught us to say, hey, could I ask you a question? Yes. Remember that? Yes. Those of you that were not here, a precious man of God came through and said, hey, walk up to people and say, could, could I ask you a question? Well, sure. How long has it been since someone told you how much God loves you? And he said he ran an experiment for a year or two. I forget how long. He said he tried to find the tallest, biggest, wooliest, boogerest looking bad boy, peeled head, whatever, tattooed, whatever, just a bad looking fella. And he'd walk up to him. And not one of them ever rejected him or said, get out of here, or shoot him off. All of them were just like, I don't know if God, if anybody's ever told me that God loves, I don't know if I've ever heard that.
that's why John put this in here. You don't do that unless you have been born again. Are you understanding? He don't mean born like May 26, 1957. That's when I was naturally born, but I was born again August the 6th, 1962 as a five-year-old. That's when everything God deposited inside of me was activated. Are you with me? So you don't need to have anything else happen to you in order to qualify you or position you to do what God called you to do. It's already been done. You don't need to go to seminary. They'll take all that starch out of you there. You don't need to go to a traditional church that tells you you need to sit down here and learn on the Bible for about 20 years before you go witness somebody. That ain't right. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. That is not what they did in the New Testament. I'm looking at a system right now that I'm thinking about bringing to the church for Bible study, and everything you need to teach somebody for six weeks is on a bookmark. And by the way, it's not in Chinese. It's in big letters. You can read it. Guys, we've made it too hard. We've made it too complicated. We've made it the carrot dangling at the end of the stick, and people just keep going, and they never get there, and they keep going, and they never get there. Paul talked about it to Timothy. He said there's people that are ever learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, people know more about the Bible than you could ever imagine, but they know nothing about God. Come on, somebody. They haven't been born again yet. Their spirit has not been made alive. See, I love the Word of God. I love the Bible. But do you know, in measurement of time, we've only had the Bible for a small smidgen of time compared to all the time we didn't have a Bible that the gospel has been being preached. You understand that? We've only had a Bible about 400 years. Well, what happened before that? Were all those people lost? Was no one able to preach the gospel? Of course they were. Amen? So that just tells you if you memorize the Bible and you don't know the God of the Bible, hey, I'm preaching good right now. Somebody missed a big chance to say amen right there. (laughs) Amen. All right. So I'm talking about knowing God through love. Let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God. Watch this. And knows God. Man, it's hard to just speed by these speed bumps here in this verse. People talk, I'm talking about knowing God through love. I so desperately want us to be the church that demystifies and unstructures all the religious structure that has made it so hard for people to come to Jesus and know God. Does does that appeal to you guys or are you just listening to me beat my gums this morning? What kind of church do you want to be a part of? One that builds fences and walls and makes people climb over 48 different walls in order to get uh, to Genesis? K-I-S-S. 
Keep it simple, saints. I'm not going to say stupid. Keep it simple. Everybody who has been born of God loves and knows. That pretty much takes me out of my job as a traditional pastor because everybody believes that my job is to make everybody like Jesus. Yeah, that's what most folks believe. And I'm judged by that standard. Well, I'm going to sorely disappoint a lot of people because my role is to get you introduced to the Word, not teach you the Word. Introduce you to the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And then John said, and the Word became flesh. That's Jesus. The Word and Jesus were one and the same. So why not introduce you to the Word and let the Word introduce you to who He is? Because if you have been born again, you know in your knower what to do. Later in John's book here, he said it another way, because when you have been born again, now the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And John said it this way, we have an unction from the Holy One or an anointing or an endowment or a knowing. We have this from the Holy One and we have need that no man teach us. See, I'm disrupting a lot of things here today that may make you super uncomfortable, but I'm right smack dab in the middle of the word. See, when we have to tell people what's right and what's wrong, we have assumed that they do not have a spiritual knower. We have assumed that they do not have the Holy Spirit living in them, which Jesus said is a guide into all truth. John 14, he said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send back another one just like me, the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you into all truth. And he will even remind you of the things I've said to you before he came. So when you feel like you have to tell everybody everything about what's right or wrong, you have forgotten that God's made it much easier than that. And what he has said to us is just introduce them to me. Have them invite me into their heart. I'll take it from there. I believe God is that big. I believe that the Holy Spirit is that powerful. If I can't believe that, then I may as well quit because I can't be there at every waking moment of every day to tell everybody, no, yes, no, yes, for God's sake, no. Oh, by all means, do that. I, I am sorry. I can't do that. I can barely keep up with me. So you see how, you see how foolish that religious model is of teaching everything to everybody 
and denying them the ability to grow up? Why in the world would Jesus say, he that had ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say? Why would Jesus say something like that if you were not capable of hearing him? If you were not hardwired to hear his voice? He said in John 10, my sheep know my voice. And another they will not find. You know. Hey, I said you know. Don't pull that bull on me. Well, Pastor, I, I kind of thought it wasn't right to, to rob the bank, but I'm telling you, I needed $10. So bad. That's how stupid that is. Amen? Are you learning anything right now? Is this helping anybody to get your mind wrapped around the fact that I can do this? I can tell the difference in right and wrong. I know when God is speaking to me and he said, say hello and good morning to that person that you don't even know. I know I know who that is. I know who it's not, and I know who it is. Folks, if we'll get brutally honest before God here this morning, we'll realize and we'll wind up saying, yep, I know God's voice. And I know the other guy's voice. Better buy that dress. <laughs> oh, listen, guys, this is so powerful to me. This has so much freedom in it to be a child of God, to be one. When you're born again, you, you is one. You are one. You're not going to be. You are. John said in this same book, Beloved, how awesome it is to know that we are called the sons and daughters of God. You're not an emerging child of God. If you've been born again, you're here. You is. We got papers on you. You're signed up. You're registered. You're in the Lord's army. You're commissioned. You're authorized. You're anointed. You're graced to do this thing. What thing? To love as God has loved us. Okay. So let's look at this another way. I'm standing in line down here at Brookshire's. Oh, no. A soul in the store. And all of a sudden... Someone comes up to me and says, hey, man, how you doing today? I've never seen God, but I just heard his voice. <laughs> my sheep know my voice. And God uses your voice to call his sheep with love. I'm talking to you about knowing God through love. Do you understand that's the only way people are ever going to come to God is through love? I was part of a church system and a model that used fear to bring people to God. I thought it brought them to God. What it brought them to was a hugely emotional decision that after a little while, the fear wore off and their commitment died. 
you see little Johnny in the store on aisle five, and his, he's laying there kicking and flopping in the floor, and his mama said, I'm beat the snot out of you when we get out of this store, and he just keeps kicking and flopping. You know why? Because fear has worn off. He never had to snot beat out of him and knows his mama never is. So I'll just keep rubbing the floor and polishing it while I'm down here. Amen. This, this feels good. I like this. I don't care what you're saying. See, when you use legalism and you begin to use, you got to do this and you got to do that. Little Johnny going to flop down on the floor and just go. It ain't going to work. They may run in here and try to get some fire insurance, but the first time any kind of distraction boils up and that fear's worn off, they're out of here. Because they were not born again from love. Amen? People born again out of love never leave. Did you hear what I said? People born again out of love never leave. Yes, ma'am. what the Lord's led me to. Um, this actually, the Lord has just spoke to me just before I walked in here from Children's to over here. A gentleman come walking up front just now, and I asked him how he was doing, and he said, well, not really good or that. And I said, well, come on in and join us. He comes in, and we're talking to the foyer, and he's out of money, out of food, out of everything, and I said, well, yeah, I don't have any cash, I don't have, you know, food. I said, come in, join us after service, the pastor will all be glad to pray with you, and um, he's like, well, okay, and then he started explaining to me that he has this light bill that needs to be done, and so on and so forth, and um, he gave me his name, his phone number, and he asked me to make a copy of his light bill, and I, without thinking, is that I, I don't have a copier. He, well, of course, dumb me. But anyway, he said, would you take a picture with your phone? And I said, yes, sir, I would be glad to. And um, anyhow, I again asked him to come in, have a seat with us, let us pray with him. And he's like, no, 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 I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like doing this or so on and so forth. So I got this information and stuff. I feel the Lord led him here to me to do exactly what Randy is saying, is that, you know, I don't know this man, rather... He has intentions or not intentions. The Lord led him here for a reason. Yes. There, there's a reason that he led him here. And I might not be able to help him the 100% that he needs, but I know the Lord will. Yes. And I told him, you know, we would pray for him as a congregation, and he's welcome to come anytime. And I would give him a call later and check up on him. It was just. Amen. Just confirmation. So because the church, by law, cannot give cash to people, we can pay bills for people, utility-type bills. So we'll do that. We'll take care of that for him. And then we can follow up from there. <clears throat> Thank you for being the voice. Thank you for being the voice, right? Amen. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so we... We've kind of finished the first verse. There's like 16 of them. So what do we do? Uh, amen. Amen. Can I have five more minutes? Let's read. Let's read on down. 
verse 8, 1 John 4. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Guys, here's some black and white litmus tests that if you're trying to figure out where somebody's at, here's the word of God. Here's the rule. Here's the measure. If he who does not love does not know God. And guys, the measure of love is not according to what we think, but it's according to what God has done for us through Jesus. That's the measure. In this, verse 9, the love of God was manifested toward us. We're talking about knowing God through love, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, that we might live through him. I'm going to back up and say that again. God has sent his only begotten son into this world that we might live. Everybody say live. Are you alive? Are you living? How? By what means? That we might live through him. Now you understand why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now you get that, right? Now you can connect those dots and understand. Now, verse 10 is so powerful. This is where I want to spend my last three and a half minutes that you just gave me. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, if you don't understand what the word propitiation means, you miss this. The word propitiation is the act of gaining or regaining the favor or goodwill of someone. Regaining the favor or goodwill of someone. Watch this. God sent Jesus because we needed favor with God. God's anger at sin and what it had done to mankind by the time Adam fell to the time Jesus got here. The anger of God was pent up at what had happened to his handiwork. And he had to have somebody to take all of that wrath out on. Jesus is and was the propitiation for your and my sin. Jesus took it in the guts for us. The scriptures say that Jesus' body was so physically altered that you could not even know who he was. That is a picture of God's wrath against our sinfulness poured out on Jesus, the perfect and only sacrifice that would ever get God's anger off of us 
and get us back in good graces. That's what that word propitiation means. So when you just cavalierly decide, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll try this deal out about serving God, you don't even begin to understand what happened in your behalf on that cross through and in the body of Jesus. He took it. And he took it all. The fullness of God's wrath was poured out on him for the sin of all mankind. Why? Because God is love. And that's how we know him. The sacrifice, if you know all the law, if you know the background, the, the sacrifice had to be perfect. It had to be sinless. You know, the, the heifer that was offered for the sins of the nation of Israel was, had to be a red heifer, and it could not have one white hair anywhere on it. Now, can you imagine how many priests and how long it would take to examine one cow to see if anywhere on that cow there's one hair? I, you don't just look at that visually. You do the monkey test with the comb. Are you with me? Because it had to be perfect if it was going to cover my sins. Jesus was that perfection and the propitiation. He's the one, the only one that could have done this for us. I don't know what that does to you. It just changes my whole idea about God and his love. To understand that he loved me enough that he would wrap himself in flesh and send his only son to the cross to die for me that I might live. The verse said that we might live through him. Are you with me? Amen. Folks, if this is not the love of God, I don't know what is. And when I think about what Jesus did for me and, and what it cost, what it cost to bring me salvation, who am I to quench the Spirit of God inside of me when He wants me to be an image bearer and express that life and love to someone who needs it desperately. Who am I to quench that? Amen? Amen. Are we going to do better? Amen. Are we going to do real good? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you so much for your attention today. I really enjoyed teaching you. I hope this was helpful to you. Dwayne, if you don't mind, would you look behind that Welcome Center sign and take out five boxes of food and set it on the table there? And those of you who raised your hand, just go there and get that box and uh, call me or Michelle whenever you run into somebody and, and uh, let us rejoice with you and pray over that situation. Amen. You're going to have a powerful week this week. I speak blessings over you. I speak life over you. I speak the release of God's love and that all of us are going to be fantastic image bearers of him this week. And we're all going to be better lovers of God's creation.
Maybe next week I'll get to that verse where Jesus is going along and he says, hey, guys, um, if you can't love your brother who you have seen, how do you say you love God who you haven't seen? Here's what's powerful about that. He's not trying to bring guilt. He's trying to, trying to teach an understanding that your brother is made in the image and likeness of God. If you don't like him, you wouldn't like God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's one to take home and sit on the porch and think about. Amen. Hey, you know what? We're pressing in here. At Cedar Cross, we're pressing in to the real deal, to the real message to the heart of God. I don't, yes, we're merging. Thank you, Dustin. We're merging on earth as it is in heaven. That's what God wants us to do. And we're learning how to do that. I want you to internalize these things. Go back and listen online if you need to. Pray it into your spirit. Pray it into a place of commitment that you will no longer not let God have your mouth and have your mind and have your heart and express it to somebody else. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the example that you have already set and shown us through Jesus. We thank you that your word tells us that we also can do this. We thank you for that, Lord. It's not like you have asked us to do something we cannot do, for we can. And so, Lord, as we leave here today, we leave with a feeling inside of us, wow, I've got to do something for God. I've got to let him use me, and I will. I'll do it this week. I may do it before I get home, the service station, the restaurant, wherever. Wherever you quicken me, Lord, I will let the light shine. I will release that life and that love. Bless your people, Father. Grace us to be that grace in somebody's life who's broken and desperate for you. Now let's lift our hands. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon your face, and may he be gracious to you. May your countenance be lifted. May his countenance be lifted upon you, and may he give you his peace. Be blessed in the city and blessed in the field, and may we all grow in our knowledge of God and releasing his love through knowing him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.